Against All Odds is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for the NBA and NHL and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sportsbook because it's easy to use. It's safe and secure and you get your winnings fast. Now, winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. And it's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. Discover the most popular same game parlays each day right when you log in. And if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code against all odds so they know I sent you. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal comes to you on a Wednesday morning, joined by spaghetti and meatballs who are fiddling with the knobs as always. Babyface Joel Solomon producing this mess and my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, a degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, and Darren the Parlay Kid. What is happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? How you doing, Sal? What's going on, buddy? We got some action, guys. What a fun Thursday. Well, it's a little less fun because all our favorite teams are getting uh, rained out. Postponed opening day is now going to be Friday. Mets and Nationals and Yankees and Red Sox and a bunch of those games in the Northeast. But we have golf. We have the Masters. We're going to preview the Masters Championship. We have Bob Herrick coming up. He's a Sports Illustrator writer. He has a new book out, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry, Tiger and Phil. He's going to be on this podcast. That comes out April 26th. Uh, I guess they hate each other, guys. Tiger and Phil, they blocked each other from Twitter. Just death threats all. I'm going to we're going to get the scoop. Uh, I do want to before we say goodbye to college basketball, I do want to mention our one whining moment hotline 424-225-2726. One last crack. I know the intensity won't be there, but if you lost on a bad beat, if Dewan Harris stepping out of bounds with Kansas up three cost you a big bet or anything, if you just want to bitch and moan about the bet is betting proceedings throughout the NCAA tournament, our one whining moment hotline, 424-225-2726. And then we put all the screams and anguish uh, against uh, Luther Vandross' song, and it, it comes out to be a beautiful thing. You could also hit us up, odds at gmail.com. We still we still get an email there, Harry, once in a while. A lot of it's uh, hate email to you. I just sent it to you guys. I don't, I don't even read it, right? What did the last guy say yesterday, Brian? What, is mad Harry... Claims he can't. He has bed aches, but claims he's on the road and forgets to bet. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. How, did it, how, did, it, you, how did it go, Harry? Harry agreed with it, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I basically <laughs> said that I didn't have anything because I've been traveling so much that I didn't have really time for betting. But yet I had time to blab about how the the net screwed me a couple of times in the week. All right. Uh, we have uh, an email though from uh, at cousin Sal. And, and by the way, odds. by the way, quick Sal, I had the Nets in the uh, over last night too, so double loser there too. Why are well. you keeping betting the Nets? What are you doing? Nah, I don't know. I don't know. I, you can't win when they're getting sick, so you're gonna lay seventeen and win with them. Disgusting. And I thought so. Maybe I don't well, know. Sal, oh, well, Sal, what is yeah. it now? What are they like? One in twenty-one against the spread as a home favorite. Yeah, yeah. Wow. home favorite one twenty-one. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah, tell Harry doesn't care. He'll take him again uh, <laughs> Thursday. Uh, from Chris Carter, this email comes. Uh, wow, the, the legendary wide receiver oh. is reaching out. To, I didn't know he had such a gambling problem. Chris Carter writes, check out this beautiful loser. Six bucks to have won $1,750. Uh, I'm going to read. Let's see what he had here. Chris Carter. Well, I'll read the email. $6 to win $1,750. Uh, like Ben Simmons refuses to play basketball. I refuse to hedge. Plus I had very little money in my account and was counting on a FanDuel cash out. Uh, I was more butthurt last night than Harry after the third day of a Lake Tahoe getaway with Ken. Oh my God. That's, <laughs> oh, that's, that's not right. Sorry, Harry. If uh, you want to come to Jersey Shore and bitch slap me this summer, you're welcome to. At least it will be over a joke that is funny. Yes. <laughs> how about telling DeGrom to grow up a little? He's 34. Stop listening to Gary Cohen and get MRIs every half inning. You're an old man. Uh, you're an old man. Life isn't all sunshine and rainbows. Pitch through a little discomfort for Christ's sake. Huge fan. Love the show. Chris Carter. Wow. All right, wow. Chris. You got a lot. Wow. So anyway, Chris had six dollars to win seventeen fifty. It was like a six teamer. North Carolina money line. Uh, screwed him. Mm. Then that's that's sad. Well, I, will, I will say that uh, Ken, Ken's brother has a place on the Jersey Shore. I've been there, so I can make it there. I probably will be there this summer, Chris. Okay, there you go. Right, now, so, um, yeah. Ken's brother putting him up. All right. 
Uh, but hurt Harry is coming to bitch slap you. There you go. All right. So there it is. Yeah. You should have gone on prop swap. Do something with prop swap there. Chris Carter. Sorry, but thanks for listening to the show. All right. Let's do this. Masters. Like I said, Bob Harry coming up. He's going to talk us through this. Uh, but in the meantime, listen, where, where is, uh, you know, our shit guys, we're betting golf. I mean, I guess we know the other side of it. Like Harry's headache is golf. What ninety percent of the time, I would say. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. definitely. I've been doing the weird thing where I take uh, a guy who's like third or fourth best odds Friday afternoon, Saturday morning, yeah. and it and it worked for me a couple times with Burns and a couple other guys. Yeah. Uh, Parlor Kid, I think you've been doing about the same thing. But yep. let let's go over these odds to win the whole thing. Rom, John Rom, twelve to one. Justin Thomas, thirteen to one. Cam Smith, fifteen to one. Dustin Johnson, fifteen to one. Now Rom. The last four years, fourth, ninth, seventh, and fifth. Mm. Um, Cam Smith made the cut in all five of his Masters appearances, including nice. two top tens and a runner-up finish in 2020. Justin Thomas never missed the cut in seven tries. He tied for 21st last year. And Dustin Johnson, of course, uh, he missed the cut last year, right? But was 20 under in 2020. So, And then there's Tiger. He's going to do this, 50 to 1. Went down from 55 to one. They'll, they'll show him hitting the fairway on a practice swing and then that'll be it, right? It'll go down to three to one or something stupid <laughs> like that. But there's a lot to talk about. I think we're going to pick uh, one winner. We're going to pick one long shot. We're going to pick, what else do we have? We're going to go with uh, uh, our best bet value-wise to make and or miss the cut and then some miscellaneous picks, right? We got a lot going on here. Yeah. So let's get right to it. I'm going to go with Colin Morikawa. This is your guy. Parley kid. I know you've won with him, but I think you've lost with him too, right? Did you have that oh, that absolute time playoff? That was crazy yep. thing, right? Oh, I, oh, I had that. I had oh, that. Oh, Brian, you sure. had that. Yeah, That's right. that uh, he's 22 to 1, 25 years old. Oh, everyone, everyone I like in this tournament is 25 years old. He tied yeah. for 18 last year, uh, tied for 44th in 2020. So he's getting better. He's learning the course. He said he was taught how to not play the course, how to avoid not playing the course. And now he's more in tune with what uh, Augusta has to offer. He knows irons are his strength. He has six top 10 finishes and seven starts this season. And you know what? He doesn't know much about the history of Augusta, which I think is good. Like he was, uh, someone asked him about Marco Mara's putt. They're like, oh, do you want to try Marco Mara's putt on 18, the one that won? And he's like, no, I don't know what the hell that is. So I kind of like it. We know he um, doesn't feel the pressure, the added pressure, doesn't, have the added pressure of the history of the prestige of the masters because he doesn't understand it. He already won two majors uh, eight times. He's gained 3.6 strokes mm. or more for an event with his putter and uh, all eight top five finishes. Three of them wins. He's engaged to a college golfer. I don't know. You go down this rabbit hole. You look at uh, things with these guys and you see how they're interviewed. He, uh, he handled like a champ, a very, very weird interviewer asking questions about his girlfriend and stuff. I like him. Call him Morikawa. <laughs> 22 to one parley kid hit us with your best bet. I like, I like Morikawa. So I always think he's a solid bet. He mm -hmm. always has a chance to win. Right. So, well, I'm going with the guy that, um, is, uh, at 19 to one Brooks Kepka here, mm -hmm. who, uh, that shouldn't really surprise anybody. I've actually probably unlike a lot of you, I think this is the first time I'm really ever on Kepka. So yeah, uh, I find usually that kind of interesting. Guy. I'm usually off of Kepka, but uh, look, he was a runner-up here in uh, 2019, seventh-place finish here in 2020. Last year didn't make the cut. Uh, but, you know, he's finally healthy. I think he's finally back to being healthy. In 50% of his majors he's played in in his career, he's finished in the top 10. What does that tell you? For these big-time tournaments, the guy comes to play. He always elevates his play, or most of the time elevates his play in these major events. And that's when he plays his best. Look, he's taken a third this year in Phoenix. He had a 12th in Tampa, 16th at the Honda Classic. Uh, he was in the quarterfinals of the match play. Nothing outstanding, but he's kind of rounding into form, and maybe he's just going to be peaking at the right time. He always plays his best in these big ones. Let's take Kepka at 19-1. to 1. All right. You know, I want to ask Bob Herrick about, you know, because he talks about, writes a book about the rivalries, and I know there's more. The one we, we all love right now is Kepka and Bryson, and then they freaking ruined it with that. Uh, was yeah. that the match? Was that on Thanksgiving? That was no, Thanksgiving. That was that weekend, Thanksgiving. That Friday. Yeah, that sucked. Oh, wow. I was I was what? so mad. I was so mad about that. They totally, they could have played this up and instead, like that whole I know. thing. They got to stop with that. 
I got to stop with yeah. that. Like, I don't know. Will Smith and and uh, and Chris Rock on the links. It'd be kind of fun, but I don't know. Not if they're going to have to make jokes and and like each other. All right, uh, brother Bry, Cam Smith, fifteen to one. You wouldn't normally think it's fifteen to one. Then you look at his stats; it really makes sense. Yeah, no, it's crazy to think that Cam Smith is the third favorite, right? But he's definitely. I mean, he probably maybe even should be the favorite. Um, although full disclosure, he has cost me a bunch in the past. Um, but he's mm-hmm. won two of his last four tournaments, incl- including the Players Championship. Uh, which was three weeks ago. Uh, I know you guys won some money on that. I think you mm-hmm. and Parley Kid did. Uh, three top ten, uh, th- uh, three top five finishes, four top ten finishes in his last seven events. You know, you said it before, Sal, but he finished tenth and second in his last two Masters. You know, he played well at the players. You know, you saw the the various elements and how well he did uh, in the in the rain. I know there might be a little bit of rain Thursday, but it seems like in general it's going to be dry, but it might be windy. So he does play well in the in the elements. His putting's been great, and as as you guys know, like this is one of the hardest courses to putt at. So I think he's second right now in putting. So you gotta you gotta like him, and I also like his like don't give a shit attitude with that hair, whatever whatever he's got going on there. Whether it's a mullet, I, I don't know what he's got uh, there, but yeah, at, at fifteen <laughs> at fifteen to one, I think he's a fun guy to root for. All right, he is. All right, Harry, uh, you're going with the favorite again. Dodgers, John Rom, you know, we get it here. <laughs> By the way, Brian, Sal and I had uh, Cam Smith. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you gave that out. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go run on the 12 to 1. He's ranked second in the world. Sal, you mentioned his last four finishes in the Masters, all top 10s. He's got a second and third place finish so far this season. He's eighth in driving distance, and he's first in greens and regulations which should really allow him to take full advantage as he usually does at Augusta on the par fives, especially on 13 and 15. Give me Rahm. I've always said I'm going to take him until he wins a Masters because he is well overdue. Like I said, Sal, Sal you meant to do top, four top tens. His last four, I'm taking Rahm at 12 to one. I mean, I really, this is um, approaching Super Bowl level, you know, uh, with all these props, my God, I'm looking right, Brian. We're gonna go blind. I'm gonna be up at yeah, two thirty in the morning, stupid. watching this shit. But you could bet, <laughs> you could bet like a quartet of golfers winning. You could bet like any of these five winning. Man, they almost guaranteed to have someone going into Sunday. Maybe not the best odds, but uh, that's something to look at. All right, all right. Now let's pick a long shot, Harry. I'm sorry, I'm asking you. You know, this you can't pick the absolute favorite now. When I ask for a long shot, um, <laughs> unless you want to take Cam Smith or something, maybe that's a right. long shot to you. Who is your long shot to do this? I'm going to ride a guy who we won a couple weeks ago with. I'm going to take Sam Burns out at 37 mm-hmm. to one, riding the hot golfer here, second on tour in FedEx points so far this season. Yeah. Uh, like I mentioned, Burns uh, a few weeks back defended his title, winning the Valspar Championship. And he does have a total of two wins on the 21-22 season in 13 tournaments this season. Sam Burns has nine top 20s, seven top 10s. He's seventh in birdie average, 14th in green in regulation. He shot up the ranks. He's 11th in the world rankings. Give me Sam Burns, 37 to 1. Yeah, I have him later on. Actually, I'll, I'll mention it now. I have him for top U.S. golfer. Maybe it's not mm-hmm. the best odds, but I have Sam Burns all over the place. Top U.S. is 21 to 1. And I think he would actually, Harry, you have him at 37 to, to win it. He, I think he'd probably be like 23 or 24 to 1 if this wasn't his first Masters, right? Mm, he just, sure. regardless of how he did, if this was his second Masters, I think he'd be the one. that there. I mean, a first-timer hasn't won since, um, was it Fuzzy Zeller? Is that what it is? Mm. 1979? Nice. But, but uh, I don't know. Whatever. I read it. I write it down. I think that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've won one of twice this year. One of Valspar, like you said, 12th in scoring average. Uh, he might be actually 12th in scoring average in round one, um, mm. which is pretty great. And you can get him to win round one at 37 to one or 37 to one for the whole tournament. Uh, so you and I are uh, right the there golfer. with Sam Burns. Right. Our right, parlay kid. Who's your long shot? So I'm going to go with Corey Connors at 50 to one. Nice. Uh, Connors, I think, is a pretty solid pick here. Uh, he's finished uh, in the top 10 in the last two Masters, uh, 10th in 2020, eighth in uh, last year's Masters tournament. Uh, so I've always liked Connors. Uh, he has not you love been the Canadians. spectacular. You love him. Yeah, I, I do. I do enough. love our, our Canadian uh, neighbors. <laughs> Uh, so why not? Uh, look, he hasn't been spectacular this year. The best he's really done, he's had two 11th place finishes. 
uh, so far this year. Uh, he's missed uh, the cut on several occasions this year, earlier in the year. He's made the weekend in his last four tournaments, so maybe he's peaking at the right time. But for a guy who's played well here the last two years, I think to get a guy who was eighth here last year at 50-1, to 1, and he's always a pretty steady golfer, I'll take Corey Connors. All right. Brother Bry, you got one right around 51, 48 to 1. Matthew Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Matthew right? Fitzpatrick at 48 to 1. I actually like I I like all these golfers, right? In the 40-ish to 1 range. Mm-hmm. I mean, those always seem to be yeah. the good ones to play in these yep. t- type of tournaments. And in all honesty, it's funny. I mean, I will say, for as much golf as I watch, like every time there's a tournament on and there's one new golfer, I'm like, oh, that's what this guy looks like. I feel like I watch yeah, golf yeah, all yeah. the time. But, right. but Matthew Fitzpatrick is one of them who honestly I probably confuse him with about 10 other golfers who look about 12 years old. Um, but, you know, he he didn't perform well at the players, but he rebounded nicely at Valspar fish, finishing fifth. But he has played really well. He's finished 12th or better in five of his last six tournaments. The players was the only one he struggled at. Um, and he's been, you know, he's a young kid, but he's been solid yeah. at the Masters. Uh, finished top 50 in six straight, top 40 in five of his last six. So he, I know he has, a, I think he had a seventh place finish when he was like 21 years old, but got a good short game he's top 20 in putting so i'm going to take a little bit of a flyer here on fitzpatrick at 48 to 1 all right you know paul colhorst is a friend of ours golf nuts got a golf book out right now was on extra points and he he pointed out that i think it's the last dozen years uh half of them the winner has been 45 to 1 or more i think yeah, so. yeah, always that, that's yeah. right around that stat yeah I, so. I, yeah i think i think um i think you know when you used to go on with house too, I think he used to there. The, a lot of those 40 ones always used to hit. Always yeah. Used to hit. So I like, might mm-hmm. just be best probably kid to take 10, 10 golfers in the 35 to 50 range. Right. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there. I, that might be. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad idea. You're going really into don't. Sunday. Maybe one of them, two of them looking, uh, looking sure. uh, on the leaderboard there. Uh, I'm going to uh, throw another one in here. Louis who stays in uh, 48 to one. He tees off with Tiger. I, I, you, you look for any article on Louie and his odds. The first thing, only thing it says is that he's teeing off with Tiger. But right. no, mm-hmm. uh, could, couldn't you see? Be like, well, that's not Tiger's not the story. Louie who stays in minus six in the first round. You know, um, yep. in fact, the first round is kind of where he does his damage. It's probably a better bet to bet him to lead after the first round, which is 42 to one. I mean, how many times is he in contention on after Thursday? Yeah. Uh, runner-up in this tournament to Bubba Watson a decade ago. He has no top tens this year, but this is when the South African, our South African neighbors, <laughs> South African na- strikes, uh, four top three finishes in four of the past five. He was runner-up at the 2021 PGA Championship in U.S. Open, had through three rounds at the Open, the British Open. Uh, he had the lead before tying for third. He's a high-pressure guy. He could take it. I'm going Louis O, 48 to 1 as my long shot. All right, we're going to take a break. Then we'll be back with best value to make or miss the cut. And then some miscellaneous picks when we return. All right, we're back. We just went over winners. We went over long shot winners. And now we're going to go over to make or miss the cut. This is a fun one of mine. I, uh, for many years, I would parlay, a bunch of minus 700s to not make the cut. And I would go three out of four, <laughs> sorry, to make the cut. And, uh, and uh, I've learned my lesson. I'm not doing that anymore, but individually <laughs> we could do this brother. Bry. Whoa, this is a, this is a bombshell here. You like Bryson to be watching from home on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. I like the odds here yeah. for him not to make the cut is plus plus one forty two. Although I do know he's made the cut in every masters that he played. Mm-hmm. In. Although he never plays that well. He's, you know, he's never finished inside the top 20, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't, I, I'm not a huge fan of fat Bryson. I know we, we make fun of him, but you know, he's, <laughs> he, he's barely played golf this last half a year. Right. Suppose, yeah. you know, I, I guess he fight like they finally diagnosed him at some point in time with a broken bone or something, or some type of break in his hand. He missed the cut in the last two tournaments that he played in. He was knocked out early in that match play two weeks ago that they had. So I, yeah, I, I think just, Again, he just hasn't, you know, I think he's the type of guy who needs to be playing a lot, practicing a lot. I mean, you know how neurotic he is, right, when it comes to golf. So I think, um, yeah, he just hasn't been practicing or playing that much and and he hasn't played well recently. So no, no to not to not make the cut of plus 142. I, I like those odds. Yeah, you brought something up. It's interesting. And I just compl- not complaining, but just talking about how the thousands of props Fandle has up. How about something like guy makes the cut 
but shits the bed on Saturday and Sunday. I would love to see something yeah, like yeah. that, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like kind of like makes yeah. the cut, but then a lousy yeah, finish. I don't do even some, know how they would yeah, do that. Yeah, they could do some man, fun, man, could, could, weird could, ones could for go, sure. Uh, could go miss the, makes the cut, but on Saturday and Sunday, shoot 72 or higher. Yeah, like, I mean, you could bet second half. You could have bet before the game, yeah. second half, Kansas, uh, UNC, right? So it's kind of like the same kind of thing with some of the top golfers. All right, Parley Kid, Cameron Champ, yes. Yeah, Cameron Champ minus 102 to make the cut. Uh, tied, uh, sorry, yeah, he was tied for 19th in 2020, tied for 26th in 2021. So he said two pretty good showings here at the Masters. Uh, the last few years, he's hasn't played good golf so far this year, though. In eight events, uh, he has missed a cut on four of them. Uh, 50% is not great, especially in these uh, lesser events. So wh- what? how is he going to step up here? Well, last year in this tournament, he actually led uh, in driving distance uh, with 323 yards uh, you know, off the tee. Uh, that's mm-hmm. pretty darn good. Uh, and even though this course, I'm not sure uh, how important power is in this course. I don't think it's the most important thing on this course. Uh, when you're hitting the ball 323 yards on average off the tee, it can make up for a lot of mistakes. So I think just because he's had some success here and he drives the ball really ridiculously well, like I said, n- number one in, the, in this field from uh, last year, let's take him to make the cut. Minus 102. Are we talking about the same Cameron? Because I have Cameron Young to make the cut. <laughs> minus 164. I'm giving uh, Harry-type odds here. Not a lot of value in A lot minus of Camerons. No, there's a lot of white guy names here, Sal. A lot of white, rich, rich white guy names here. So. My Cameron is, is, is second on the tour in driving distance with one is th- with 320. Uh, and go. 39th in strokes gain. Cam Young, also 25 years old. Little theme here. Morikawa, more Cam Young. Westchester, Parley Kid, New Yorker. Uh, nice. Less than a year ago, he only had like a temporary membership on the Corn Ferry Tour. He played with Zalatoris at Wake Forest. And like I said, nice. those numbers are big. I don't know. I'm taking chances on some of these younger guys, but the yes at minus 164 for Cam Young to nice. make the cut. Uh, all right, Harry, this one is not a Cam. Is it Cam Spawn? Yeah. No, it's JJ Spawn. <laughs> uh, JJ Spawn at minus 112 to miss the cut. I think it's pretty good value considering. I think this should be about minus 150 to miss the cut. He only qualified for the Masters by winning last week at the Valero Texas Open. So this will be his first ever Masters. And the stage, I think it's going to be just too much for him. He hasn't fared well as a pro at big tournaments. He he missed the cut at the players this year, shot 78-73. Uh, missed both times he's played at the Masters. Uh, I mean, at the players. And... uh was in, in the U.S. Open last year, shot 77, 75, missed a cut there too. Spawn, I think, this, like I said, should this be 150, 160, missed a cut. On FanDuel, it's only minus 112. Give me J.J. Spawn to miss the cut. I, know. I like that one. All right, this is where it gets fun, the miscellaneous. Now, like I said, there's like a 1,000 props on FanDuel, and they'll probably add another 1,000 uh, by the time this posts. But uh, Parley Kid, I mentioned Zalatoris. You like him for uh, top 10, right? Plus 240? Top 10, uh, man, I was blown away by the way this kid played here last year. No fear, first time on the course. Uh, really just could have just as easy one nice, great second-place finish. Uh, kid plays fast. Uh, I love the way – I love watching him play. Um, so far this year in uh, 11 events, I think he's had three top 10 finishes. Uh, so he heads into this tournament playing pretty well. A lot of confidence, uh, very good ball striker, good with his irons as well. Really does everything well that uh, and that this course fits his game very, very well. Let's take him top 10 finish for a guy who came in second last year and uh, was not intimidated by this course at all. Let's take the Wake Forest grad. Uh, with, well, if he graduated, I guess. Did he graduate? Yeah. Well, the Wake, Wake Forest alum... Uh, Will's Altor. He should have to produce a, a diploma or something before he something. tees off. All right, <laughs> Harry, you have Zalatoris uh, over uh, Bryce Fitzpatrick minus one twenty six. Is that his weight or is that uh, the <laughs> right? It actually, actually, listen at one seventy five, which I find that hard to believe. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right. 
but I am going to take the <laughs> Jojo Brandt. That means Harry is 475 pounds. <laughs> well, I mean. Is that what that means? <laughs> <laughs> I am going to take Torres over Bryce Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick is just 152nd in t- on tour in driving distance. Last nine rounds at Augusta hasn't shot in the 60s once. Seven straight majors for Fitzpatrick has not cracked the top 20. It's Torres, by the way. Now, 17th in driving distance, like I said, compared to Fitzpatrick, 152, uh, has finished 26 or better in last six of seven overall tournaments. And that includes finishing second in San Diego at the Farmers this year. Um, since 2020, the 25-year-old Zalatoris has been five majors. He has one miscut, one withdrawal, and two top eight finishes. Finished second last year in Augusta in his only Masters appearance. So give me Zalatoris at 126 over Fitzpatrick. All right, uh, Bry. Now, Bry, like you're doing it. it here with Xander. You're doing it. Wait, mm. he's killed us so many times. Harry had him to win every major or <laughs> Bri, a major, Bri, and he didn't Bri, do it. I thought we said we were done with it. We well, you we guys, you, yeah. Well, you guys swore. You guys swore him off. I Bri didn't. Hasn't I, been I didn't. Bitten by the Xander. I, yeah, buddy. I have. I didn't. Well, I have been bitten by him before, but I wasn't bitten by him this year. But mm. you know, I do like him at Xander at top twenty at minus one twenty five. Now. You guys swore him off because probably at the Players' Championship, right, not making the cut or whatever happened. But it's likely you guys had him to win, which, you know, we've realized over the years, right, you can't bet Xander to win. He chokes all the time, especially on that last day. Uh, but I do think getting uh, top 20 is always, is a great bet. You know, so even this year, he's finished top 20 in six of his nine t- tournaments so far. He finished third, 17th, and second in his last three Masters. So, obviously, he plays great here. So, I do think you're getting somewhat of a steal at minus 125 for him to finish top 20. All right. Uh, I can't keep track. Harry, did you give us Casey yet? Top 20? No, 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 not yet. You want me to give it right now? Yeah, yeah. Do it now. Yeah, top 20. Paul Casey at plus 200. Always seems like this guy is in the mix. Hasn't played a ton so far this season, but did finish third at the Players. Last seven tournaments at the Masters, the 44-year-old has four top 20s, three top 10s, and in his last seven overall majors, he's finished 17th or better in five of them. Give me Casey for top 20 at plus 200. All right. Parley kid, this is a Casey's 44, really? That old, huh? Yeah. I, didn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought. Lives in uh, Phoenix now. Lives in Phoenix. Parley kid, we had to look around for this, but the... Hole in one, everybody, it's a popular bet here because of the 16th at Augusta. The yes is minus 200. You're going against it. I like it. I like your I always go against this one. I always go against it. And you guys sometimes don't like it because the way usually it happens is they, right, like you never really see it happen. Mm -hmm. It's just like there's like, Mm -hmm. oh, there was a hole in one. Then it's like, oh, I, I lost the bet. I didn't even see it. But I like this Sal. There's been 33 in the history of this uh, of this course. That's it. Uh, during this, um, the Masters play, I should say, 16 seems to be the hole where it happens the most. Uh, I'm banking on the fact that I'm getting plus money, plus 160 uh, in that area for this not to come through. Uh, and again, because you're not going to see it. If it happens, it happens. But I'm betting it happened twice last year. I'm just betting on it. It doesn't happen this year. It's it. It's probably, you know, I know it's a coin flip, but I'm getting plus money on a coin flip here, Sal. So let's take it. All right. We're the bad guys here, Parlay Kid. I'm also going with a bet that is not popular. Tiger Woods will not make the cut at minus 112. (laughs) And everybody's saying, oh, you don't want to make that bet. You don't want to be on the wrong side of history. You know what? I don't want to be on the wrong side of, I don't want to be on the wrong side of the question. Hey, did you bet against that guy who shattered his right leg last fat February? I, that's what I don't want to be on the wrong side of. I know he's only missed one cut in Augusta in his life, but here's a very likely scenario. Bear with me. Plus two on the sixth hole Friday. He decides to call it quits. He can't walk the course. He knows it's an uphill battle from there. He's not going to win. He sees all these young bucks lapping him decides to stop and then everybody deems him a hero for making it that far. And that'll be a nice enough story. So this is my don't pass, no buzzer beater bet. I'm taking it. <laughs> Everyone could hate me, but Tiger Woods is not making the cut. Minus 112. You can bank it. Tre- Tre- Trevor is not going to like that. that. Don't mind <laughs> that at all. Tre- Sal, Trevor I- and millions of others are not going to like it. Sal. A- yeah. I love it. I like what you're doing there. I- I'd be on. I'm on that too. Let's do it. Good. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Why not? 
Why not? Come what, on. What's the guy going to do for him? Does he, 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 like does he finish on Friday like you said, Tal? It's, it's been, if everyone's if he's down seven or eight by then, you know, and then just says, and you know, it just blames him not being able to walk the course. People, I mean, is it going to be like, or does he finish even, you know? Yeah, if you're like doing more damage. This is know. my thing. The hate for Coach K. The hate for guys like, uh, yeah. that was no proof that they're bad people. There's some proof that Tiger Woods has done some pretty damn bad things in his life. Yeah. People, why are we all? Why does everyone G- have to G- root G- for this Derek guy Jeter all the too. time? Derek Jeter too. What? Yeah. Oh, see it again. There's <laughs> no proof. I, come on. Yeah, go coach Duke, Tiger Woods. You're you not going to make I mean? the cut. Right. right. Exactly. I'm with you. I'm with you there. <laughs> well, you're with me. I don't know where it goes, but Tiger's not making it. I know everyone's going to hate me. My God, you can't talk bad about uh, you know, Michael J. Fox makes sense. Ukraine. All right. Uh, yep. Tiger Woods. Those are the big three, I think. So, uh, <laughs> hey, do it all on FanDuel. Like I said, millions and millions of uh, props. Golf's first major tradition like any other. Right now, new customers can get 30 to 1 odds on 2015 champ Jordan Spieth, four-time major winner Rory McIlroy, or 2020 champ Dustin Johnson to make the cut. This is an insane bet, brother Bry. 30 to 1 on any of those three to make the cut. Any of them make the cut, you win big. No better time to get into the action with FanDuel Sportsbook. The app is easy to use. There's so many different betting options. When you win, you get paid fast. So drive down Magnolia Lane, take a swing at betting the first major. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get 30 to 1 odds on Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, or Dustin Johnson to make the cut at Augusta. FanDuel Sportsbook, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. All right, let's bring him in now. All right, he's here, here to help us get ready for the Masters. This guy knows more about Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson than their caddies and their mommies and their daddies. His new book, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry, Tiger and Phil, is out April 26th. Sports Illustrated writer Bob Herrick, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Glad to do it. Thank you. Bob, you're there at the Masters. Um, do people know that Tiger's going to play? I want to, uh, you know, start start telling people. We got we got a little tip here at uh, extra points. If you want to start telling people, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think the news leaked out a little bit here today. Yeah, it's quite, it did quite the story, isn't it? Uh, I uh, it is amazing, I, and it's 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 good for you in the book, right? I don't think it hurts. Yeah, I don't think it hurts to have Tiger relevant. And listen, I'll be honest with you, you know, when I was doing this kind of finishing it up, trying to at the end of last year, I would have never dreamed that Tiger would be here this week. I mean, it's just doesn't, I don't know that I dreamed it two weeks ago. I just didn't think it was possible given what he's been through and, you know, his own words and just knowing how hard it is to walk Augusta National. It's hard for us mortals to walk the golf course and not feel you know, winded and tired and sore. And now given what he's been through, you know, it's even worse. So um, it's amazing that he's to this point and he's going to give it a go. Yeah. I was just thinking, as you were saying that if six months ago, you would have said, all right, give me odds that Tiger plays the masters, but Mickelson doesn't um, would have been pretty substantial, right? No <laughs> question. The one or no question on that. Absolutely. I mean, that's the other part of the equation is Phil not being here and he's right. not injured. And, you know, frankly, if he played anywhere like he did at the PGA last year that he won at age 50, he could have contended here. He's got as much course knowledge as Tiger when it comes to Augusta National. It doesn't require, you know, experience matters. And it's, uh, it's stunning that he's not here, really. You know what? There's a few hours remaining. Maybe he'll he'll surprise you like Tiger did. No one expected him to. Maybe he'll jump in there. Uh, all will be forgiven. Uh, but anyway, you write about their rivalry. I love golf rivalries because there's nothing greater than the the difference between you know these guys acting super cool, passing each other, and a pairing knowing that they hate each other's guts. Maybe they don't hate each other's guts, but it must be fun to write about this, right? Um, I think a lot of people hope that they hate each other, but it's not that intense, is it? I don't think hate is the word, but there was definitely many times there was dislike uh, and there was certainly friction, tension between them. Uh, And, you know, today's players, a lot of them, they're buddies, you know, they root for each other. Now they want to beat each other when they play, but they practice at home. They give each other tips. They work on their games together. You know, and there is a camaraderie in golf where that does happen. But Tyra and Phil weren't doing that back in the day. I mean, they couldn't even do it when they were paired together as teammates on the U.S. Ryder Cup team. 
way right. back in 04. I mean, it just was, and certainly for Tiger, it was just not part of his mentality to let anybody get close. He stayed out of the locker room. You know, he didn't really, um, you know, cavort with other tour players that were, uh, you know, in his age group that were his competitors. He kind of hung around with older players that, you know, he befriended guys who were more mentors. And uh, so it makes sense that a guy who was obviously going to maybe make things difficult for him, he was not going to let him in. Yeah. They, I mean, they have different backgrounds, right? They're both highly competitive. So that just right off the bat would create a natural rivalry, but it, it, there's any instances you could tell us about the mind games that were played and uh, that we don't see in other sports. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I, I think Tiger, when, whenever there was any kind of a little issue that came up with Phil, Tiger was, was not one to put it to bed. He didn't mm -hmm. mind letting him squirm a little bit, which he felt made it easier on him. There was an instance way back where, where Phil made a kind of a cryptic comic that Tiger's, Tiger was playing with inferior equipment. Now, that could have been taken a couple of different ways. And in a, in a way, uh, Phil actually meant it as a compliment. At the time in 2003, Tiger was not playing with the equipment available to him. In other words, he wasn't using the technology that was out there. That didn't necessarily mean the equipment itself wasn't any good. He just wasn't stepping up to what other guys were using. Now, why would he? He had, just, he had won eight majors through 2002. He was winning all the time. He liked playing with a shorter length driver, a smaller club head. It worked for him. Other guys mm -hmm. had started to go to longer clubs, long, bigger club heads. And Phil, you know, made the crack. You know, he hates that I'm blowing it by him now. Well, a lot of people took that as a slam on Nike, which was Tiger's equipment company at the time. Right. And it kind of turned into this thing. Like, you know, this little comment turned into a big deal. Tiger had to make a statement about it. Phil kind of had to walk it back. And Tiger really didn't mind the fact that Phil was suffering through a little bit of, of controversy there because of that, because anything that put the focus away from him and on Phil was good for Tiger. And do you feel um, it'll be reciprocated? Do you think Phil is rooting for Tiger this weekend? You know, I actually think he is. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I don't think Tiger was not rooting for Phil at the PGA last year. Um, you know, I think they've come to a point in their careers where there's a lot of, there's a lot more respect, you mm -hmm. know, they've mellowed, you know, the perspective, age, maturity, all these things. Now that doesn't mean that they don't want to beat each other's brains. And if they get to play against each other, and I'm not so sure that the Tigers, uh, offering any olive branches to fill right now over this whole controversy that he found himself right. in with the rival golf leagues. Tiger's clearly on the tour side of that thing. But, you know, when it comes to competitiveness of it, I think Tiger appreciates the fact that what Phil did. And, and Phil has always been very, you know, complimentary of Tiger during these comebacks. You know, he did when he won the Masters. So I'm, I'm sure at, at home, he's, he looks at some of this has taken the, 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 the sting away from Phil right now, which is probably a good, a good thing for Phil. Right. There's a story that Tiger and, and Tony Romo were playing together at Pebble Beach and Romo was hanging out with Phil the night before and Tiger found out and got really pissed off. Is, this, is there truth to this? I actually know the answer to this, but I'll let you. I don't know if Tiger got pissed off so much as Phil didn't mind rubbing it in right. and letting it get under Tiger's skin. And they were paired together in the final round at Pebble Beach where mm -hmm. they have amateur partners and Romo was Tiger's amateur partner. That was when he was playing for the Cowboys. And, you know, mm -hmm. Romo went to a dinner with at Jim Nance's house the night before, and they sat near each other. And Romo kind of knew that he was sleeping with the enemy. He made a point to his wife, please don't tell Tiger about this. Well, <laughs> Phil yeah. couldn't wait to let Tiger know. And he didn't tell <laughs> right. him directly. He did it during the round and spoke loudly enough so Tiger would hear it. And, yeah. uh, and, and Romo was just cringing, of course. So, uh, and you know, uh, whether it mattered or not, Phil shot 64 that day and won the tournament. Yeah. So they're fueled by something, you know, I, I, this is what bums me out because I feel like you could write like five of these books and certainly there's one for Bryson and <laughs> Kepka uh, down the road. It might, by the time you end up sitting down to write, it might be a true crime documentary, but who knows what happens there. But right. here's what bums me out. And I think it probably might bum you out. This, the match, the, the thing they do the day after Thanksgiving, um, they rotate the golfers through. I believe the first one was Tiger and Phil. Was that the first one? Tiger Correct. versus Phil? Yes. 
it's just a bummer because they're all nice to each other and they're telling jokes and they have to. And, you know, like Phil's letting him pick up a putt from six feet away. He's right. like, all right, no, that's all right. We, we have that hole. That's fine. You can take it. Like that kind of bums me out. Cause I want to, I want to pretend I want the Santa Claus vision that, that, you know, they're, they're, these guys don't like each other. And then that happens. 10, 10 years prior, that would have had far more effect, you right. know, because there would have been true venom. You know, and the other thing about that match is obviously they 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 dubbed it winner take all nine million dollars. You know, look at let's be honest, Tiger was getting something. He's not yeah. showing up for a zero. He's not gonna. It wasn't gonna be that intense, and that was the, during the period when their when their relationship had gotten better, and some of it was collaborative, some of it was commercially oriented. They wanted to do things like that. They were supposed to do more of that, and it ended up sort of fizzling. You know, they're hmm. still doing the matches, but Tiger's not been involved in them. Obviously, he wouldn't have been over the last year and a half. Right. Even before that, it looked like they had sort of moved on, and it was just Phil. And, you know, obviously, Bryson did one last summer, and the Kepka Bryson one. be interesting to see how they, how they carry that forth. I think the money's a fun way to do it. But as you said, there's, you know, they could always get anything sponsored, right? So they're getting something for it. How do we how do we make sure that this money is leaving their checking accounts? Is there a way to do it or is this always going to be? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I have a story in the book back in the old days where, where actually they did play for money in a practice round and, and tiger or uh, Phil won 500 bucks off of Phil or off a of tiger, uh, you know, on a Tuesday practice round, you know, look for them, $500 is nothing, but still, you know, nobody wants to have to fork it over. It's pride. And, Tiger gave him the five hundred dollars, and it was in hundred dollar bills. And Phil was not satisfied enough to just mm. have the bragging rights. And he took a photo of the five hundred dollar bills, and then he wrote a note to Tiger, basically saying, "These Benjis are very happy in their new home." Signed, Phil, mm. and then he put it in Tiger's locker. And he just wanted nice. to stick the needle in a little bit more. And whether it's a coincidence or not, but they did not play a practice round together for another twenty years. Wow. From 1998 until 2018. Actually, at the Masters here, 2018, they played a practice round. It, it created more news than some, some of the tournament days. And that was the first time they had done it since then. Nice. I don't believe in coincidences. I think, <laughs> uh, I think you're onto something it's there. Possible. Is, is he considered Tigers, is Phil considered Tigers' biggest rival? Or is, it, or is it just history? You know, I mean, you can make the argument that Tiger had no rival. You know, and mm -hmm. I address that in there. I, I don't think you can shy away from the idea that, you know, Tiger's record is so much better. Did he really have a rival? Uh, was his rival history? You know, was his rival going after Jack's record? I think those are fair points to discuss, but there was nobody who was better than Phil in Tiger's era. You know, Phil won of the 45 tournaments he's won. He won, what did he won? 36 of them. In Tiger's era, he had era. He had won nine before Tiger turned pro. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nobody on tour today under the age of 50 other than Tiger who has 36 wins. In fact, nobody has even 25. Right. It's pretty good, pretty good record that he won that many times. And and four of his six majors were won with Tiger in the mix. You know, Phil was in, Phil's record. If you didn't have, if there was no Tiger, it's incredible. 45 wins. I mean, nobody's getting close to that. I don't think ever going forward. Yeah, I'm trying to think if they finished one, two, and uh, how many tournaments they, they might have. Well, you know, the, the telling thing was Tiger was number one for 600-some weeks, and Phil mm -hmm. was number two to Tiger for like 270. And Phil never that's got to number time. one. Yeah, That's so, five years, yep. right? <laughs> yep, a long time. That's crazy. Uh, back to the match play, the, you know, the, the day after Thanksgiving, that they call it the match, right? Whatever. So I think we're up to number six. Is there anyone you would like to see paired up based on rivalries and, you know, golfers could be anybody could be Trump and Kamal, Kamal Harris or Will Smith <laughs> and Chris Rocker. Anybody that you're like, Oh boy, I would really tune in for that as I uh, eat a leftover Turkey sandwich. Yeah. That's a good question. You know, I, I you know, how about, you know, Will Smith and, and Chris Rock now sounds like yeah. a pretty good idea. I don't know if they're good enough golfers to carry it off. Yeah, um, the, the problem <laughs> the problem with with all of that is is you know we want them to entertain us too, and, right? And exactly. golf and golf is too slow. I think for that, especially match play. 
you know um you know the best the the best drama is at a place like this where there's tons of people and lots of noise and cheering Mm -hmm. and and all that and you know you or where you see it in the Ryder cup frankly that's 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 where the greatest grudges occur in in a a Ryder cup Mm -hmm. tiger make the cut um i think it's minus 160 i don't know if you're a gambler or not but uh shame on you if you're not does (laughs) does he make the cut i think he does i do i I think think he he will i mean there's 90 players in the field or 91 players in the field there's probably 20 of them who are who are are really not going to be competitive um you've got a bunch of past champions uh, some of whom are older you've got uh you know several amateurs who who mm-hmm. have a harder time so now that brings it down to about 70 guys and and 50 and ties make the cut so right. he's only got to beat 20 you know and, and right. to make the cut so i actually think the cut is very doable um whether he can 10 is a whole nother story you know whether he can yeah. even you know be there i i actually think it's a victory that he's just going to try and and anything beyond that's really great. Sure. Yeah, he's actually minus one forty. He's a he's a growing favorite mm-hmm. to make the cut. All right, give me a winner. Um, who do, I mean, I I need it. Uh, Rom favored twelve to one. Wow, that even went down. Justin Thomas thirteen out of the top five or six. Who do you see emerging? Then maybe give me a mid range if you like. I like Justin Thomas a lot. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think that this tournament is more suited to somebody who hasn't won recently. Um, you know, guys, we, we put a lot of stock into form, uh, you know, Scotty Scheffler has won three times recently, you know, obviously right. people are looking at him. I think it's hard to maintain that these days. You know, I think a guy who's got a little hunger like JT hasn't won in over a year, but he finished third a couple of weeks ago, just missed a playoff. He played great at the players during that horrible windy day. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of like, I kind of, yeah, I think his game is pretty good. I think he's in good shape to contend. So I like him. You know, a, 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 maybe a, a guy that's not being talked about is Bubba Watson. You know, oh, yeah. He's still got plenty of game. He hasn't won for a few years. He's won here twice. Loves the course. I think that matters. You know, I think, I think experience here has a lot to say about it. And when these guys come back, sometimes they're, they're rejuvenated. Is it bad I'm going down the list? I don't see. I know he's, uh, he's in this total. 85 to 1. Okay. All right. So that's what we'll do. I'm going to put money on that uh, <laughs> and we're partners if it wins. How about that? So now you got something to root for. <laughs> Watson. Uh, thanks so much. The book comes out April 26th, right? Golf's most fascinating yes, rivalry, Tiger and Phil. Thanks so much, Bob Herrig. It's going to be fun. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Have a great one. All right. You too. Thanks. All right. There you go. Thanks, Bob Herrick. That was fun. Uh, Harry, you, you had a, an issue with Ben, your old friend, Ben on Twitter. What happened? He didn't like your seats. He said, how dare you make fun of, I'm just looking at this now. He said, how dare oh. you make fun of my seats? Uh, you sat a thousand miles from the court Monday night. I don't know. Well, now, was, this is a guy it, you blocked on Twitter, right? Well, it, it was also a suite. It also had a bathroom right outside the door. Um, <laughs> well, and, well, that, um, that is more important for someone like well, you than well, uh, anyone else. Yeah. For something. And has anyone yeah. seen these supposed great tickets that he has for the Utah season tickets for the Utah Jets? Does anyone witness these tickets? <laughs> Have we ever seen Ben Kelly's name on these tickets? Darren, I haven't seen shit. <laughs> This is Harry's name. The guy goes, to, look, the guy goes yeah. to the jazz games. See, Harry. He what, does? Harry. Show me. Without without Ken carrying you to these things, where where would you be at these events? It's true, right? Think about that. Think about that. I want you to really think about that, Kenny. Oh, I'd love to hear what. I can't remember any. You got plenty of events without him. Yeah, what was the last one? Well, name one. The last one. The Mercury game. (laughs) Oh, you you took Angie to that game, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> the Mercury game. Where'd you sit? Pretty oh. close. We snuck way down. We snuck way you down. Snuck way down. Yeah, yeah. but the seats you bought were probably shit. All right. They there were you go. Babyface Joel they were, Solomon. They were free. That's how they were free. Go ahead, Babyface. I mean, I did see the seating chart. Harry's selling seats for his own wedding. So if you want to sit Ooh. up close, you, you, you got to. You got to fork it over. Hey, where are we with that? Is that three weeks from like Friday? We're all uh, going to meet up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm still, I'm still in new Orleans, by the way, I'm not back in Phoenix yet. So I can't get a ton done right now. 
what are you supposed to do? What well, honestly, what are your uh, what are your duties here? Honestly, I, what do you have to do? Like people, pay, I, I pay remember me, all three of them. We got married. We were scrambling like crazy weeks leading up. What do you need I, to do? I got to pay for stuff. Right. I don't uh, even believe yeah. that. Uh. I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can pay for stuff, believe it or not. All right. Uh Tiger uh to not make uh to not make the cut is my best bet. Uh Parley Kid, what's your bet? Let's just let's just give uh, everybody our best. Go listen. We'll put a graphic up. My best bet here, Sal? Yeah, just out, out of the ones we listed there. Uh my best bet, I will ride with uh jeez. I, I I I'm gonna stick with Kepka to win this whole thing in nineteen oh one. I think that's mm, my best all bet. Right. I really do. I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I would yep. say uh, I, the Xander Xander top twenty. I uh, I would say is my okay. best bet. Although I do, I never said anything, but I do always like. I haven't even looked at the matchups really too much, but I do like going against Rory, who I think he's matched up with Kepka. So I like Kepka. I mean, we could have up. money on every uh, hour from uh, Thursday morning to Sunday well, morning. Well, you know, you know, it's great. You know what? This is the first year it too. We have in New York. We have obviously Fanduel and all this oh, stuff. So right. It's going to be stupid with whole betting, and that's. I mean, it's going oh, to get really bad. Crazy. <laughs> all right, Harry. What about yours? I mean, I, just good luck getting home. I really, I really like the JJ Spawn at minus one twelve to miss the cut. I think he just, <laughs> okay. I think he's just happy to be there, and I think he maybe yeah. ran out of gas after winning last week. That's, I mean, everyone's on that, so whatever. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, we will be back. Um, we'll be back Friday, which is now opening day for our teams, and uh, we'll go over some baseball, some basketball. We'll update on the golf. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, miraculously, this is the last regular season week in the NBA. Uh, I, I, I got screwed, but it was my fault. I bet the Timberwolves yesterday, they didn't need to win. Of course, they're a 12 point favorite, so they should have won, but I don't know why I, I bet them and they didn't need to win. So, uh, take a look, really look at those rankings, um, carefully before you, and even that might not help. There's still teams tanking, but, uh, I assume everyone will be playing next week when they're supposed to be. That'll do it for another episode of against all odds for Bob Herrig for the degenerate trifecta. For spaghetti and meatballs and babyface Joel Solomon, I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na.